0: Turn to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. We're going to continue on in the series of laying hold of your inheritance. Laying hold of your inheritance. This is message 4. I want to encourage you to go back and outline those other messages. Guys, we are very blessed here to be able to hear the word of God in such a way that it's, it's, it's preached and we trust God, the anointing, to come in and to bring clarity. We give place to the Holy Spirit who is the great teacher to make these principles simple for us to lay hold of. This word is preached under that anointing and it's preached in the love of God so it's palatable to you. You can digest it and it, it, it can it can start producing in your life. Well, I, we have a lot of producing in here. I, I mean I've hear stories and there's a lot happening, but we're, we're, we're leaving this, we're leaving this realm of addition, where we get a blessing here and a blessing there and no, no, no. God's word says so much about the blessings of God being multiplied to us. So we're talking about multiplied miracles, signs, wonders. A lot of our brothers and sisters don't hear this word. They get in a battle, and they don't know who their enemy is. They think God might be teaching them something, right? When the enemy's trying to kill them. We need to be an example, right? Listen, your fruit needs to see you walking in the miraculous, miraculously blessed, miraculously healed, miraculously walking in divine health and divine life where sickness and disease does not attach itself, right? Who cares what's going on in the world? We know Satan, if you were to see him, he's freaked out because he knows. Remember those demons that, that came to Jesus and said, they fell down and they're like, hey, are you here, Jesus we know who you are. Are you here to torment us before the time? Before the time? They knew there was a time and it was too early. In other words, they knew. Well, guess what? Satan knows his time is really short. That's why he's yelling and screaming. He's behind all this nonsense that we're seeing in the world. And the world, our brothers and sisters need to see us walking in this so that we can say hey this is not something just for me if he did it for me he'll do it for you and man i'll help you right so this is this is so important for us to lay hold of our inheritance i want to encourage you go back and listen to those messages we've spent a lot of time proving from the word of god that literally we have been given as an inheritance everything that Jesus has been given. Jesus is the lawful owner, the Word of God says, of everything, and we are co-heirs with him. Amen. You know, and, every, and everybody didn't say amen, everybody said, right? Because you, you gotta meditate on that one. You just don't, you, you can't fathom how blessed you are, right? right? So it's time, it's, it's great to be blessed, I don't want to get to heaven and find out that I was blessed with healing and health and all this stuff, right? And and go, man, you know, now I've got a glorified body with no sickness, with no disease. Sure could have used that when I was back on the earth. No, God wants you well today. And, and, And does this sound too good to be true? Yeah, but pastor, I'm the one, man. I messed up my body. I'm the one that messed this thing up. I've got good news for you. It doesn't matter. God says, just repent. Change your mind. Father, I repent that I haven't taken care of my body. Guess what? It doesn't change anything. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law. So it's time for you to lay hold of it, of everything. Those things that seem like you've almost just let go of them, like I'm just going to put up with them. No. Man, I'm telling you, when you walk with God, the Holy Spirit, you'll get so tenacious that you will not put up, you won't shut up, you'll never give up, you'll never give in to anything he wants in your life. I want, I want, Jesus said this, boy, I'm, I'm gosh, Jesus said this, the devil, he has no place in me. And that's what we need to be saying. Satan, you have no place in my life. You can't have my grandkids. You can't have my kids. You can't have me. You can't have this church. You can't have this city, this state, this nation. You can't have this world, right? You can't do it. No, the gates of hell will never prevail, right? Can't you just just say in those words? They resound in your spirit. You have been created to lay hold of everything through faith, that God has given you by his grace. So Ephesians 1, 3, have you found that yet? Awesome. It says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath, past tense, he did this on the cross in his redemptive work, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. How many spiritual blessings? All of them. You have been given all of them already. You have them right now. Wow. I like the literal meaning of verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the spirit realm in Christ. They're all there. We can't see them with our physical eye, but boy, can you see them with the eyes of faith as you meditate in the Word of God. They'll become more real to you. The healing of your body, right? The anointing upon your life, the gifts that God's placed in you, the grace that's in you. It should become more real than any insecurity you might have, any, any la- lack of identity that you might have. It should just supersede all of that. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It's another scripture. 2 Peter 1, 3. It says this, according as his divine power, again, past tense, hath given unto us all things that pertain to life. Is there any possibility that if you had been given all things that pertain to life, does money pertain to life? Yeah right? Clothing, vehicles, houses, all of this stuff, everything, food, everything. You've already been given it. That's why if there's ever a worldwide famine, guess who will not starve? We won't, because we've been given everything that pertains to life. Well, you sit here and go, well, life, 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 okay. Okay. Well, that word in the Greek is zoe, Z-O-E. So it literally means you've been given all things that pertain to life as God knows it. Wow. Well, we're going in the fall. You know, they're, they're starting to talk about this tridemic. You know, you've got RSV and you've got COVID and I forget what the other one is, other viruses. No, no, I'm going to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. Right? Right? Amen. We're, we're just not going to let that stuff in anymore. Amen. What we need, you, this just doesn't happen. You got to stand up and say, no, if you've had COVID or if you've had any of this stuff, I will never have it again. Amen. Right? And when you walk in a restaurant or when you walk somewhere, you know, and uh, I guess for many Christians, the number one place that COVID is transmitted is in church because they don't want to come to church. But, you know, or in a restaurant, you know, I mean, remember in the middle of the pandemic, you could walk in, you got your mask, you're protected, stay six feet apart, then go sit down, pull your mask off, sit right next to somebody, right? Because you know, once you get so low, you can't get COVID. (laughs) The world is crazy. But you know what happens when you go walking around and you see somebody hacking and you're like, oh. The enemy's thrown, oh, look, you're going to get this. That's where you need to say, no, no, not possible. I've been redeemed from the curse, Amen. right? It's my inheritance. Amen. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life, zoe life, and godliness, and godliness. I love this word. This word literally, godliness, it literally means We've been given everything so that we can reverence, honor, and respect God as we walk holy before him. He empowers us. He doesn't expect us to walk holy before him in our own strength. He literally has given us what we need to do it. I love this. It, it, literally, it, it literally talks, it's talking about your needs, God has empowered you to walk in such a way that, that nothing the enemy has can touch you. Isn't that good news? We have an inheritance, but look at how it comes. It comes through the knowledge. This is the word epignosis. This means the, it comes through the full discernment, the, comp- uh, the correct and precise Knowledge. This word, epignosis, the word epi literally means this. It expresses a more thorough participation in acquiring the knowledge. Right? In other words, He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through this epignosis knowledge. This means a knowledge that causes me to come to full discernment of the knowledge of him as I am literally walking through life because I'm personally involved with him. In other words, as I'm walking intimately with God, it empowers me to see and know him fully. Wow. Him that has called us to glory. What is glory? Man, God gave you everything by his grace and he imparts grace to you and what comes out of your life is glory. He's called you to glory. When you're sick, the grace of God given to you is he sent his word and healed you. And as you receive that, It will produce glory on the outside of you when you walk free from the sickness and disease, and the glory is you're walking in health. You're prospering. You're increasing. He's called you to glory. In other words, he's called you to lay hold of everything he's given you, and he's also called you to virtue. That means excellence. Isn't that awesome? It's really hard to walk in excellence if you are constantly in a reactive, beaten-up mode. But if you're at rest, it's like everything slows down. You're no longer trying. (coughs) You're not trying to be successful. You realize, I've been made a success, so now all this stuff has to bow to me. God is going to bring to maturity everything I put my hand to, so I rest and I end up doing everything in excellence. You know, I, I have this business model on, on my heart, and then all of a sudden, this, this door seems to open that is just, man, it could just happen right now. But because I know I've been called to glory and excellence, and I know he always gives me victory, he always causes me to triumph, my future is increased. I don't look at this and go, oh my gosh, this is it, and just run. No, I look at everything and go, okay, this is the world system. Let me look at this everything in the natural says yes this says no yeah forget it don't want it right Right? there's something better coming along right this is how we walk in excellence so you have an inheritance now turn over to Matthew chapter 7 so now let's start talking about another aspect of laying hold of your inheritance what do I mean by that every one of us listen God has promised us things in the Word, but we have to lay hold of them, right? Through faith. The Bible says it's impossible for us to get our inheritance any other way except through faith, and God wants that inheritance that is in the unseen realm right now. Substance is given to that inheritance to bring it into this natural realm so I can enjoy it through faith, right? So now... I have to know some principles of this. And this is a big one. Matthew chapter 7, we're going to look at verse 24. Jesus speaking, he says, Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Jesus used this analogy of a rock when he said to Peter, Peter, upon this rock, what is that? A revelation of who Jesus is. A rock is a revelation knowledge coming from the Holy Spirit of the word of God that reveals something about Jesus to you. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. This is saying, I'll liken him to a wise man which build his house upon a rock, right? And it's real interesting. We must build our lives on the word of God. That is our foundation. That is, it literally. it literally means to lay a foundation. Do you know as you meditate in the word and revelation knowledge comes, do you know it is literally... It's it's building a foundation that you can build your life upon, right? And then it goes on to say, and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. I'm here to tell you, there's going to be storms coming in your life, right? Multiple storms coming. That's just part of us living in this world And it's going to beat against your life. Right? I mean, do you know I've had people uh, where I've talked to them and they've come and checked out our church and then left very shortly afterwards and they're just like, you know, man, I came here and just like, it just seemed like all hell broke loose in my life and I'm like, I'm out. I'm just going back to over here. But, But I got news for you. No, no, no. Storms are coming. I don't care right? But praise God, storms come, laugh at them, because it shows you how you're in the right place, right? The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat upon that house, and it fell not. Why did it not fall? Because my life was built upon the Word of God. In other words, the circumstances and storms of the doer of the word's life, those circumstances, those storms, they couldn't move the house. Do you realize what I just said to you? That you will never face, Satan can't, there's nothing he could throw at you that's ever big enough to even shake, even rattle a window of your life. If you're a doer of the word. Isn't that you hear it for the purpose of doing it? So don't ever say no to the Holy Spirit. Right? Yes, amen, right now. You want me to do that? Yes, I'll do that. Right? Yes, you want me to forgive that person? Absolutely forgiven. Right? Never judge like what Pastor Dave was saying. Man, Christians, there's just one person in my life that I judge. And you're looking at them. Because I don't want anything to do with judging anybody else. Because I don't want to be judged. I don't like, you know, I want justice as far as a lot of things, but when I mess up, I want mercy. Right? So then it says here, verse 25, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and, I'm sorry, let me, verse 26, and everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not, right, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. Have you ever been at a beach? But if you could, you imagine going and buying a house, and and they're starting to build this thing, right? And you just, I mean, it's you just uh, got signed a thirty-year mortgage, and it's like three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and you go out there and you're watching them build it and, and all of a sudden you're, you're like, they have, they're, they're bringing in these big trucks and they're pouring sand. They just dig this big hole and then they pour a bunch of sand and then they start laying boards and stuff on there. You'd be like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Could you imagine what would happen to that house? Right? Do you know, that sounds completely foolish, but do you know how many people who, who choose not to do the word of God, that's exactly what they're doing with their own life. Wow, I don't, I don't want my grandsons or my children or my life to be built on sand, right? Because it won't, it won't work out. Everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not shall be likened to a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. Look at this. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. In other words, everyone gets storms. Everyone. It's part about living in this world. You know, the older I get, the clearer I see it. Jeanette and I talk about it sometimes. We're like, wow, there is so much death, so much evil in this world. Well, of course, it's the valley of the shadow of death. Right? So it's very important that you build your life upon the word of God by not only hearing the word, but doing it. So that means you got to be very careful what you hear, where you go to church, is very important. Because yes. if you're not hearing the word, wow. Yeah, but pastor, you know, I live in a small town. I, I just, I don't live, uh, there's not a good church really even around me. Oh no, there is. Mm-hmm. There is just the definition of, of, of around, right? I mean, when we were in Mount Pleasant, Iowa, we had one lady driving 100 miles each way. She's there every Wednesday night, every Sunday morning. All right? She was one, Remember? Do you remember this lady? She wanted, she wanted to buy a school bus so she could bring more people down from her town. Is that worth it? Have you ever had a storm hit your life where your house fell? I, if you've ever had that happen, you never want that to happen again. And here's the thing, your Heavenly Father does not want that to happen to you right this is so important we must build our life on the foundation of god's word so if you look at these two people the difference the difference is what they put in themselves before the storm came the holy spirit will show you things to come right You're strong in the Lord, you allow the armor of God, Ephesians 6, to manifest upon you so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You know what that word stand means? It literally means this, to survey the battlefield. So as as the armor of God, as it manifests upon you, here it is. Okay, everybody, I'm preaching from up here, don't get used to it. Um, But this is what it does, it lifts you up so you could survey the battlefield, And all of a sudden, down on the inside, the enemies, or the the Holy Spirit's going, meditate on this scripture, meditate on this scripture, because the enemy's going to come this way and he'll keep you ahead of it. You notice there's no armor for the back, only for the front. Because we're never to retreat from the enemy, right? So this is huge. This is huge. Jesus talked about being prepared, being prepared. So let's jump over to James. Actually, before you go to James, go to Mark chapter 11. Let's look at verse 24. So in Mark chapter 11, verse 22, 23, 24, 25, there's probably some of the best and most concise teaching on the operation of faith. So in verse 22, you know the story. Peter, you know, Jesus curses a fig tree, 24 hours later, here we go, we're passing the fig tree, it's dried up from the roots. Peter goes, wow, Lord, the fig tree that you cursed, it's withered away. It's dried up from the root. Jesus answers all of them and says, have faith in God. In Young's literal translation of that verse, it literally would, we literally translated, have the faith of God. Well, that's pretty big. I mean, he, he only kind of created everything with his faith. And, and Jesus is like, here, you could have his faith. Amen. And then he starts to talk about the operation of it. He says, listen, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. So you have this mountain comes in your life. And Jesus is saying, here's how the faith of God operates. Whosoever shall say unto the mountain, notice I'm not talking to God about the mountain, I'm talking to the mountain about God. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He will have whatsoever he saith. Verse 20, now let's jump on. Next verse, 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire... This word desire is the Greek word aito. It's usually translated call, but it's the word desire. It's translated desire, which you could do that in in English, but it means to call for, to require, to make a demand for. What things soever you call for, you require of the Lord, you make a demand for. Well, what would that be? Well, it'd be something that He said He gave you. Right? Right? What things soever you desire, When you pray, believe that you receive them. This word receive is a little vague in English. It literally means believe that you reach out and seize hold of them. Right? So in other words, so I'm reaching out. God has promised me healing. Let's just use healing as an example. Because so many people face healing. Face problems physically what things soever i desire whatever I, uh, father you it is written you said you redeem me from the curse of sickness and disease father you said you redeem me from the curse of poverty and lack Amen. right you said the blessing of abraham is upon me that you would meet all of my needs but not normally by your riches and glory and it would all come to me through jesus or through the word yeah. so right now I believe, let's just use finances. I believe that I receive this finan- these finances that I need. And what's happening is faith the, uh, in the, goes into the unseen realm, into my inheritance, which it's already been given to me, and it's the word receive means to seize hold of. You must believe that you've seized hold of it, and then it says, and then you shall have it. In other words, from the time that you seize hold of it, you can't see it with your senses. You can see it with the eyes of faith, but you can't perceive that you have it with your senses. How do you know you have it? I have the title deed. What is the title deed? My faith. What do you mean? Well, God said he gave it to me. So I I believe it, so I have it right? So I believe that I've, re- I've seized hold of it, and then at another point in time, I shall have it. It will show up in my life, okay? But like I was talking to the men Tuesday morning, the time between you believe you receive and when you actually see it manifest in this realm is two different points in time, and Jesus never put a time limit on that, all we know is he's given it to us. But never fear. God has given you a lot of examples in the word that deal with the time between when you believe you receive and when you have it in this realm. Okay? Because he knew that's, that's where people mess up. Because guess what? Time tests faith. I prayed and man, the symptoms are getting worse. You know, the bill collectors are calling more, right? It's very real. But God has provided you with supernatural ability, spiritual forces that he's placed within you that are ready to work. And James, we'll look at James tonight. I'm just gonna go through four verses. This is dealing with the time between that you believe you receive and when you see it in your life, that's the season of the fight of faith. The fight of faith, you're not fighting Satan. It's a fight to stay at rest. Satan's already defeated. Jesus took care of him. He's a deceiver. He has no power over your life. He'll kill you if you'll let him, though, if, he, if you'll let him talk you into it, right? Right? I mean, we have Christians running around thinking, well, you know, this is just my cross to bear. You know, and they get mad at you if you say anything different, but you know, when they die, they won't be mad. I'm gonna have a lot of people come up to me in heaven and go, wow, Tony, you were right. The minute there was Jesus and the minute I stepped out of my body and I was with him, I knew Man, my my healing was right there. You had already given it to me. It would have been so easy. Talk to people in heaven about faith. They're like, oh, laying hold of this stuff is like easy. Jesus even said, remember the man that was born by four? They let this guy down. Jesus is ministering to him, and it's on the Sabbath. There's the religious leaders, and Jesus is just going to mess with them. He's like, well, all right, here we go. He looks right at the Pharisee and go, listen, what, which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on the earth to forgive sin? I love Jesus, just fearless. Just going, you know, I know this is going to tick all of them off. They're going to want to kill me. I don't care because no man takes my life. I'll lay it down and I'll pick it up again, right? So this is for that time period because what happens when you're believing you could receive? Your body's hurting. You know, the tumor maybe has grown. Satan's trying to play movies in your mind all the time about what's going to happen if this gets too bad. But there is something that God has given you that is so much more powerful than that. So look at James. James is writing He's right, he's pastor of the church in Jerusalem. They say that church is probably 100,000 people. This church was under great persecution so that these, it was a Jewish, predominantly a Jewish believer church and, and all these people were being scattered abroad, right? They were leaving Jerusalem, they were going all over the place. Why? Because they were under extreme persecution. So here's their pastor Look at what he says. He says, my brethren, verse 2, my brothers. Notice he's not saying all of my immature, carnal brothers that didn't listen to what I've been preaching for years. All of you guys listen up. No, he said my brothers, all of them. Okay, very important that you understand this. He's talking to all believers right now. He says, Count it all joy, bummer, when, not if, you fall into diverse temptations. We're all going to fall into diverse, different temptations. Temptations, what is that? This is tests. This, this Greek word means tests, trials temptations, it means adversity and pressure that is designed to get you to take your eyes off the word of God. He says count it all joy. I mean, we're talking, are you kidding me? Have you ever had adversity or pressure come in? Pressure. Don't you just love pressure? You know, when you have pressure, you're just like, oh Lord, that's so easy. It's just, I'm just so full of joy right now. Everything seems to be going wrong in my life and I just love every minute. No, 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 no. You have to count it. James is saying, listen, you are not going to be feeling good. So this is the road to feel good. You have to count it, what? All joy. All joy. You know, to do that, You have to know the Word. You have to to know that what you're facing right now, you got to know what the Word says about it. If you're sick, guess what? I could count it all joy because I know healing's been provided for me. If you're in financial distress, listen, I'm going to count it all joy because I know something. Well, in this specific verse, look at what he says. So remember, it's not joy. He didn't say it was joy. Don't be weird. If you're walking around just all happy and your life's falling apart, we're going to go, okay, you know, Pastor Tony's got some issues right now. He's not living, he's not walking by faith, he's walking in denial, right? We need to pray for him. It's not joy, you must count it joy. How, what does that mean, Pastor? It means that you take action as if what you're facing is not dominating your life it means satan you're telling satan satan when he says i'm going to kill you i'm going to ruin you financially you're like satan you don't know how much i care i don't care no you're not it is written it is written it is written you're never going to walk again you're yes i am not only am i going to walk I'm going to walk pain-free, right? Because it is written, he sent his word and healed me. So you have to count, how do you count it? You take action. What do you mean action? You get your mouth involved. You speak the word of God. And then you act. You act. What, what other action do you do? Whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Right? See, if let's say you're diagnosed with something and you're put on medication, right? Then every time you take that pill, Father, I thank you. Man, I count it joy. I'm healed. Pill, I will not always need you. And you take it in faith. So Father, I thank you that whatever's in this that's designed to help me will help me, and whatever's in it that's toxic and could hurt my body, it will go right through me and will not bother me. But I have no faith in this pill. All my faith is in you. And I am healed. And sickness, you got to go. Right? What what action, whatever it is, the Holy Spirit will lead you in this. But you have to count it all joy. Otherwise, you won't be in a position for him to lead you because you're going to be talking about your problem. Why is this happening to me? I didn't deserve this right all and Satan will be like yeah you're right but then all roads will lead towards well you know maybe just God doesn't love you just as much as he loves anybody else right so we count it all joy see you have to count it joy because you don't see the answer instantly in the natural wouldn't it be nice if you just believe you receive and then poof now that happens once in a while and it's awesome when it happens like that, but when it doesn't happen, when it doesn't manifest in this realm right away, it does, it does not mean that you haven't seized hold of it. I take if It's mine. I have it now. Right? So you could count it all joy because these things don't always happen in, instantly. So this leads me to what we're going to talk about, that patience is a part of the operation of faith. And it's so funny, because this is what... Christians will run around. I'm just not patient. Liar. My Bible says that literally, one of the fruit of your spirit in the DNA of who you are is patience. Right? Patience oh, I've just lost my patience with that person, right? Man, that Kiara, I just, you know, I just, I just lost patience with her. Do you know it's impossible to lose patience with somebody? Patience deals only with circumstances. Long-suffering is what deals with people. That's another fruit of your spirit. You could suffer long and put up with a lot of stuff, Right? So patience is a part of the operation of faith. So keep that in mind. The devil would always gonna be, he's gonna be sitting on your shoulder going, man, if you were only stronger, if, only, if your faith was stronger, or if you didn't have any sin in your life, you wouldn't be dealing with this right now. He'll tell you that all day long. Right? Now, see, when you have sinful and unrighteous behavior in your life, that hinders things. But I'm here to tell you guys, study the book of Romans. You can't sin. Your spirit can't sin. Right? You're just not renewing your mind, so your flesh is connecting with an unrenewed mind and taking your spirit captive. But Jesus made provision for that. In 1 John 1:9, he's like, just confess this sin before me. I'm faith, I'll forgive you, I'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Why? Because over here in Romans chapter 8 there is therefore Romans chapter 8 verse 1. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. We're on our way from James to Romans. Look at this. There is therefore now. Now what? Now that Jesus came out of the grave. No condemnation. Wow. To them which are in Christ Jesus. I'm not even going to read the rest of it because it's not in any manuscript in verse one there. It's in verse, that should be in verse four, which it is. There's no condemnation. To walk and lay hold of your inheritance, you need to realize and get up every morning, look at yourself in the mirror, and go, wow, I am forgiven. I've been made righteous. I'm telling you, it will, it will cause a humility in you to realize that I've been made worthy by what Jesus did. That I have actually the ability to walk holy before my God because I've been made righteous. It's, it has nothing to do with me. Right? So you got to understand, you're not condemned The Bible says in Colossians, you're unaccusable. So look at this. Keep going, because it's so good. Romans chapter 8, verse 2. Look at this. There's therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Why? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has not set me free, It has made me free from the law of sin and death. Wow. Now keep going. Let's look at the cherry on top of this wonderful thing. For what the law couldn't do in that it was weak through the flesh. What does that mean? The law couldn't, it was weak through the flesh. No flesh could keep it. No flesh could keep all 613 laws and ordinances. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, God dealt with all the sin. What did he do? He condemned, look at that, he condemned sin in the body or in the flesh of Jesus. On the cross, and notice it says sin. It's singular. All sin flows out of spiritual death. And that word sin is what spiritual death. It's talking about spiritual death. And all the sin of it. God, and that word condemned in the Greek is a beautiful word. It's a once and for all condemning. God, the righteous judge of all creation, He literally said, I'm condemning once and for all. It can never be reopened again. It's done. Man, I was completely, every sin I've ever committed or will ever commit was once and for all condemned in the flesh of Jesus on that cross. So in a very short period of time, and I'm talking a very short period of time, wow, wow, Very, very, very short period of time. When we hear a shofar say, come up here, and we're raptured out of here, and we stand before our righteous Lord, our sin will never be brought up because it's been condemned. Wow. We need to know that right now. So let's go back to James chapter 1. Man, that clock's going too fast. It's going too fast, but man, what a nice ride. You know those really cool roller coasters? They just go too fast. But you like them to go fast, but then it's over. The good news about us is, man, this is just the beginning. This thing could keep going all night long, tomorrow. It'll just keep rolling around in you. God loves you so much. James chapter 1, verse 2, My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into di- different temptations different pressures, all this stuff. Count it all joy. See, the devil would like you to believe that the thing that you're going through is because you're too weak in faith, right? But this cannot be true because in the context of this scripture, it does, it's not talking about weaker or immature believers, it's talking about all of them, right? James would have had to say something different in verses one through three, Hey, brothers, all, all my carnal brothers in the church, that I could never get to help out, that I could never get to give anything, that I could, right, that never read your Bible, that only come once in a while, you better count it all joy. No, 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 it's written to all of us. Knowing this, I could count it joy because I know something, verse three, knowing this, that the trying of your faith This word trying means the proving and the testing of your faith. Notice, you're not being tried. You're not being tested. Your faith is. Satan's not coming after you. He's coming after, he wants to come after your faith. He wants to separate you from faith. Because if he could do that, you're done right that the trying of your faith works in the greek language it would you could read like this brings about patience so the minute my faith is tested what comes out of my spirit is patience it brings about this thing it's a spiritual force Patience. Let's look at what this is. Hupomene is the Greek word. It literally, it brings about a constancy. It's a spiritual force that causes me to be constant. It brings about endurance. It brings about steadfastness, like I'm not moving. Here's another part of this Greek word. It makes you single-minded. In other words, what's happening... When your faith is tested, you believed you've received, now all hell's breaking loose. I'm telling you, it's pressures coming, but every time pressure comes, a greater force is coming to give you endurance and to give you single-mindedness. It literally comes out of your spirit and undergirds your mind to keep you single-minded on the Word of God. I'm not moving. By his stripes, I was healed. I'm not, I don't care what I see. I, there's, notice this is not you. This is, this, is coming, this is coming from God out of your spirit to hold you in place. Every time your faith is tested, every time there is patience, if you're a doer, if you believe this and you keep you keep God first, it doesn't mean perfect or flawless. You mess up, who cares? You just jump back in. The word's still true. This whole thing is not going to work because of you. It works because of him. Right? Look at this. It works patience. This is a quality. It's a spiritual force. It's a qual it produces a quality of character which does not allow you to surrender to circumstances, and it doesn't allow you to succumb or give up under trial. Remember in the Old Testament where it says, when the enemy comes in, then it says, like a flood, the Spirit of God will hold up a standard against him? That's, that's hupomene. Comes right out of your spirit. We, now, in the Old Testament... That it literally, he holds up a standard, it means a banner, you know, a banner. Do you realize, see, in the Old Testament, what would they do when they'd go into battle? For the Lord is good, because they would speak the word of God. But it's much more for us. Those are just examples and types. Now, you literally, God's not doing something until you do something. You speak the word of God and it raises up a banner it stops the enemy patience comes out of your spirit and undergirds your mind so that when your body is hurting remember how it says a strong spirit of a man can sustain them in their infirmity you know why because of patience because the joy of the lord is your strength do you know in the old testament it says man will have joy by the answer of his mouth so how do you count it all joy Father, number one, you sent your word and healed me. Number two, it is written, by your stripes I'm healed. Number three, right? All of your benefits, you forgive all of my, right? Iniquities, heal all my diseases, right? You could just go on and I'm counting it. That's how you counted all joy. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. It brings about patience. See, the trying of your faith is talking about the time period between when you believe you've received it and when you see it in your life. That's when your faith is tried. When it shows up, it's not tried anymore. Right? Satan will try something new. Right? All of a sudden, you hear, hear from a doctor, hey, guess what? You're cancer-free. And you're so excited. And then before you get out of the hospital, right he's talking to you about when it's coming back just another storm but if you got the word in your heart man patience will come and just slap him in the face three or four times and say no 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 never coming back see these these christians that james was writing to they were standing in faith believing god for something and james their pastor is helping them guys this is how you stand Number one, you got to count it joy. You do that because you know that when your faith is tested and when pressure comes, it works patience. Look at this. So let's keep let's keep going with this. James chapter 1, verse 4. But let patience have her perfect. That this word means finished work, that you may be perfect and entire that you may be complete and finished the word entire means and that you may be whole God wants you to be whole isn't that cool man when you come to Christ he turns your life right side up and you walk in more and more wholeness I love I love you know we were talking about how that the enemy steals in worship and we were talking about how that God will bring it back. You know, that's, I think it's Proverbs 11, 31 or 32. It literally tells you that the righteous, which is you as a child of God, shall be recompensed, that means repaid, in the earth. Now, if you think about that, I don't think we have too much more time in the earth. So that means everything the enemy has stolen from you, he's got to bring it back. Isn't that good news? Yes. Hallelujah! Bring it back. You got to bring it back. But let's say, or let Satan, let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire. Look at this, wanting nothing. What do you mean when patience has its complete work? You're wanting nothing. You know why you're wanting nothing? Because now you have it. When she has her finished work, guess what? She has undergirded your mind, so you're sticking on the word of God until it literally caves what the enemy's attacking you with, and now you see your answer. You're wanting nothing because now you've received it. It is manifested in your life. This is what James is saying. Patience, let me say a few more things here. Patience is a function of time, okay? Okay? Because if there was no interim time between the time that you believe you've received and the time that you have it, then there'd be no need for patience. Right? There'd be nothing to be patient about. This is why what we're talking about, you have to put everything that you have against the enemy. What do I mean by that? You have to put You have to get your thought life to come in line with the word of God. Any thought that hits your mind that's not in line with the word of God, you take that thought captive. You have to put your words against the enemy. That means you're only speaking what the word says. You're never letting it depart from your mouth. Your thoughts, your words, and you have to put your actions against the enemy. I only am walking in love, I'm only walking by faith. I'm not trying to be strong in myself. I'm strong in the Lord. And guess what? You have the Holy Spirit to help you. You can count it all joy because you know that these adversities, tests, and trials will bring about patience, that steadfastness that gives you the ability to stand and keep pressure against the circumstances, until they come in line with the word of God. That's what we've been saying. Satan tests your faith, not you, because it's the only thing that makes you dangerous to his kingdom, your faith. He wants to strip you of faith. Wow. I just want to encourage you tonight. God loves you. Right now, The Holy Spirit is chomping at the bit to bring revelation knowledge to your heart about your life, about your next step, about what you need to lay down, what you need to pick up, right? So when you leave this place, man, just go, Holy Spirit, I know I've heard truth tonight. Help me grab hold of all of it as it pertains to my life, right? Because this is the thing, every one of you sitting here, everyone watching online, you might be disguised as different things when you go to work, but you are a minister of the gospel. And God wants, but see, you can't go out and give something that you don't have. So God wants to teach you how to lay hold so that you can go out and teach others how to lay hold. Amen. Amen?